This episode of the Orange is Orange of Browns podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network, is brought to you by our presenting sponsors, Aligned Health Center and The Place. Aligned Health Center is the area's first chiropractic biophysics clinic, serving those in the Westlake and Beachwood area. Neck pain, back pain, digestive issues, you name it. Head over to Aligned Health Center to make sure your spine is in its proper shape. It literally is the backbone of your entire body. Aligned Health Center looks at the structure of the spine as a whole unit and addresses each issue according to your pain. Call Aligned Health Center at 440-230-6865 or visit their website at alignedhealthcenters.com. Again, that's alignedhealthcenters with an S.com to make an appointment to take the necessary steps you need to put your spine back into its overall ideal shape. Shouts to Aligned Health Center. This episode is also brought to you by The Place. The Place has been in business for 52 years, family owned and operated. They are a full service fireplace and spa superstore. The Place, listen to this, offers a 16,000 square foot showroom, newly renovated with over 40 live burning fireplaces and over 40 hot tubs and swim spas on display. I do not think the 40 hot tubs and swim spas are fully operating in store, so don't come in your swimsuit or bikini. Well, maybe your bikini. I don't know. But the place has been voted North America's number one service center by Co-Spas two of the last four years, and it all starts with their customer service. The place is not happy and satisfied until you, the customer, are happy and satisfied. They know this can be a difficult decision, and they help you every step of the way. Visit the place on 2377 Medina Road today. Look for the palm trees to transform your backyard into the backyard of your dreams. When you think of fireplaces, hot tubs, grills, and patios, think the place. In this episode, Jeremy and I interview Jake Trotter of ESPN. We break down their first quarter of the season for the Browns. We talk about our biggest takeaways, how the team fought through adversity, our biggest surprises on offense and defense, and we look ahead to the next quarter. Jim Donovan, take us away. 45-40, run, William, run! He's got blockers in front, five, touchdown! Joshua Crib! He snapped back, ball down. Can't block! They blocked the kick! This is the Oranges, Orange, or Browns podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chase Smith, and with me, as always, Browns insider, Jeremy Powell. Jeremy, we have a very special guest on the show today. Hey, yeah, I'm excited about it, man. Who better to talk uh, the Browns football and the first quarter of the season than the Browns' new beat reporter for ESPN? Why don't you introduce him, Chase? Ladies and gentlemen, Jake Trotter is on the show. Jake, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem, boys. How y'all doing? Great, great. So here's what we want to do. Uh, every quarter of the season, we want to bring on someone else to kind of give us a recap. And let's just talk about the, the, the quarter of games. So, Jake, here we are. We are two and two, uh, a, a very different field than maybe it would have been a couple weeks ago. Um, what has been just out of the gate the biggest takeaway after the first four games of this 2019 NFL season? Well, I think that all things considered, given all the consternation about the offense, I think the Browns are right where they would hope to be. They've got a big road win in the division. Um, I think that the other chief contender in the division, Pittsburgh, doesn't look like they're going to be as good as we thought maybe before the season. And so I think that the Browns are actually in pretty good shape, despite really only playing you know, one game offensively 
up to their potential. So I, I think that they feel pretty good about where they are. Uh, the schedule is going to be a lot easier down the stretch. And so they have a chance to really stack some wins. Jake, you probably know Baker better than anybody that covers him here in Cleveland. I heard him say something interesting the other day. He said that uh, we can't win on talent alone. Do you think he kind of took for granted all the talent and maybe wasn't as working as hard as he should have been? No, I, I don't think that it was that. I think that, you know, the, the issues they had offensively were kind of figuring out, okay, we've got this shiny new toy in Odell Beckham. Like, how do we use him? And, you know, I think that they forced some things to him when maybe that, that they should have gone other directions, um, which is what they did against Baltimore. You know, the Ravens were committed to taking Odell out of the game. And so what happened? They ran the ball to Nick Chubb. They got Jarvis Landry involved. They've got Ricky Seals-Jones involved. And those guys had favorable matchups at all uh, uh, throughout the game because of the gravity that Odell uh, affects a defense. So um, I, I don't think it was like, you know, a work ethic situation at all. I think it was, okay, let's figure out what works with this offense and figure out how to best utilize all the weapons that we have. And, and they, I think they clearly seem to have turned a corner in Baltimore with all that. You know, to the to like fans' eye, to us, it looked a lot more like last year this week. Do you think there is something to the fact that maybe Todd Munkin and uh, and Freddie are having a little trouble blending together their two offenses? No, I don't think it's it's that. You know, and I've seen that narrative out there. Um, you know, I mean, Freddie is still the play caller. You know, it's it's yeah. still the Cleveland Browns' offense. Um, you know, Todd has a lot of experience um, as a play caller from from before. Um, you know, he's had a, a lot of success at the college and pro level. Um, and so at the end of the day, like Freddie, you know, it's up to Freddie to figure out what kind of offense, you know, he wants to run. And I think for them, it's just, okay, like, wh- what do we want to do with the guys that we have more so than, uh, you know, Todd and Freddie having issues figuring out what, like, what's going to work best between them. Um, so I, I, you know, I, again, like, it's just, you know, Freddie is a first time head coach. You know, Munkin is here for the first time. Baker's only in his second season. Uh, you know, Odell is new here. I think they're just kind of figuring out some things. So I, I don't think that it's like, oh, well, then now it's back to Freddie's offense. Um, you know, this is always Freddie's offense because Freddie's, Freddie's calling the plays. I mean, it's not like Freddie just started Absolutely. calling the plays in Baltimore. Yeah. So would you chalk that up to some of the first couple hiccups in the first couple of weeks with the offense looking sluggish and discombobulated just – having everyone get acclimated to each other or was there something deeper, bigger than that? No, I think it was just part of it, you know, developing the chemistry, acclimating. I think they were experimenting a little bit with some different things, uh, you know, whether it was motion, you know, how much they wanted to go shotgun, you know, how, how, mm-hmm. what's the best way to get Nick Chubb involved? Uh, you know, Baker, what, what, how is he going to feel most comfortable? You know, how do we get the ball to Odell when he's getting double covered all the time? And I think all of that, yeah. you know, played into some of the struggles offensively. And I kind of expected them to sort of have maybe some issues, um, you know, out of the gate because, uh, again, you know, we just look at the talent and the talent, you know, is spectacular, but, you know, talent alone is not enough in the NFL. You've got to yeah. utilize yeah. guys the, 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 the right way, the best way. And I just think that it was going to take them a little bit of time to kind of figure all of that out. Because I don't know if you're aware – the. 
us Browns fans kind of have a hard time of thinking logically when it comes to the team. They're either Super Bowl bound or the top five pick. Um, and if you were to read some of the tweets or some of the takes, man, it was pretty dark there for a little bit. Um, and and how quickly things turn. I mean, I feel like the, the momentum and the feel of the team now is, I mean, you got to watch out. And that turns so, so quickly just in this first quarter from all man – how's this going to work to, Hey, we've got it all figured out. The NFL needs to watch out and be on notice. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never bought into the sky's falling narrative after the first yeah. three games because I saw, I like, you know, and you look at the numbers. Okay. Baker had the highest rate of throwing in double coverage through the first three games of the NFL. Guess who's getting all yep. those targets. Odell Beckham. Odell. Yes, sir. So, you know, uh, I think that Freddie is a first-time head coach who acknowledged that, you know, he's learning on the fly to some degree. Um, and, you know, it's not – you know, Freddie, Freddie tries to downplay it, but it's not easy being a play caller and the head coach at the same time. And so, like, he's adjusting to that. Um, you know, Baker and Odell have never played together. Uh, so, I mean, I think all of that is, is you know, Baker is a second-year second quarterback um, who's – you know, the film is out on him, so defenses are throwing some different things at him uh, that he's had to adjust to. So I always thought it was going to be a little bit of a, a, a stumble. And I always think it was going to take them a little bit of time to find that identity offensively. I mean, it would have been, you know, crazy if they had come out and scored 52 points in the opener and <laughs> and it been like this juggernaut out of nowhere. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that – and not to say that, like, it's all going to be great at San Francisco. You know, they might struggle a little bit again. Um, but I think that as the season goes on, um, it might not be linear, but I do think the offense is going to look better and better as we get there. So first, through the first four games, we've had a ton of you know uh, injuries to deal with on defense, but the defense has played really well. Who's been, been your biggest surprise so far on that defense as far as someone who's made plays who maybe you didn't see coming? Um, you know, Joe Schobert kind of get you know kind of has a kind of gets a bad rap sometimes. Um, no. <laughs> and yeah. Chase hates him, just so you know. I don't hate Joe Chase wants to run Joe out of town. I do not hate Joe <laughs> <Schubert>. <laughs> I, I, no, sorry, I, go ahead. I'm maybe a reason why he gets a bad rap sometimes. Like, I, I understand why he would. I don't hate Joe Schubert. So, <laughs> despite the hate he might get on this podcast. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he, is, he has actually been pretty good for them. Yes. Um, and he was yeah. great in Baltimore. Like, he was a huge yes. difference in, in what that defense was able to do. You know, he didn't get any credit for that forced fumble, but kind of like a hockey assist. He, you know, he got his yeah. pads on Ingram first, which sort of, you know, set up the play uh, that resulted yeah. in the, uh, the, fumble, the fumble. I mean, the backup corners have been terrific. TJ Carey. Uh, Terrence Mitchell, you know, filling in for Greedy and Denzel Ward. Um, so, I mean, those are some of the guys defensively that that stick out. Uh, you know, we all knew the defensive line was going to be good, so I don't think it's any big surprise there. But, um, you know, I, I think I think Schobert just sort of is a veteran that gets overlooked, and then the backup corners have been huge keys this year. You know, Jake, I think you touched on another kind of key theme this first quarter is kind of like this next man up mentality. Uh, they've been ravaged by injuries just in these first three, four weeks, and they didn't really have to experience that last year, some of these other players. Um, and so they were able to step up. And I think that Rams game was huge for this defense just to to trust each other, to trust the scheme, and to trust the people who aren't the starters. 
Um, I, I think that's, that's been huge. Uh, let's jump to the offense. What have been, uh, who's been the biggest surprise for you so far, Jake, on offense the first four weeks? Well, I think, you know, Ricky Seals Jones, you know, he's not a guy before the season you would have, you would have said, okay, that's going to be a key guy for them in the passing game. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched him a lot at Texas A&M and he was basically a wide receiver at A&M. And yeah. so he, you know, he's not the all around player that Njoku is, but I do think as far as a route runner and a guy that can affect the passing attack, he might actually be an, you know, an upgrade over, over David uh, in some respects. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, he has a chance to continue to build on what he did, you know, against Baltimore with some of those big catches. Um, you know, he's just pretty refined as a route runner for a guy that's that big and that guy, you know, a guy that's technically yeah. uh, a tight end. So, uh, you know, he sticks out just based on what he did Sunday. Um, you know, beyond that, it's it's been a lot of, you know, a lot of Odell, a lot of Jarvis, a lot of Nick Chubb. And, you know, those are guys we kind of thought would, yeah. would yep. you know, be, be at the, the forefront of this attack. Yep. As a fan, uh, I'm not going to call myself an expert, but it's it's evident to see Jarvis Landry and the impact he has on the field, off the field, in, in the locker room. Is that even more evident with the access that you have, Jake? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a stabilizing personality in that locker room for sure. You know, he is. You know, he's pretty low key in you know everything I've seen. Um, you know, on the field too. So I, I think you need those. You need those guys. And, like, one thing I noticed with the defense, too, they just got a lot of vets, you know, guys like Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon. I mean, you know, guys that uh, I think are important when you're off to a one and two start and everybody's ripping you on, you know, the TV debate shows and sports talk radio and on, you know, certain podcasts. So I think that, uh, you know, guys like that uh, are, are, are huge for a team that's trying to kind of take this next step from, you know, a team that's kind of exciting, kind of interesting to a team that can weather the storm and become a playoff team. Jake, on a scale of one to 10, one being, I hate it, 10 being, I couldn't be more happy. How pumped are you that we're not talking about a field goal kicker at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, special teams have been a strength uh, for this yes. team. You know, really since the extra point Cybert missed against Tennessee, which is yeah. perfectly understandable, you know, given – it was his first try like he's been really good he was great in that Jets game uh and then you know really he's been good uh since about the third week of the preseason when he when he kind of busted out in that Colts game and won the job uh and then you know Jamie Gillen's special teams player of the month in the AFC so it's a you know special teams have at least in a kicking game have gone uh, from, you know, something that was at times maybe a weakness to, to something I think right now you'd have to, to say is a strength. And it's not like kicking in Cleveland is easy. I mean, Phil Dawson made it look easy, but they were kickers all the time coming in missing missing field goals. And when you push extra points back, it's, uh, it kind of makes it a little more, a little more challenging. Um, what do you expect to see from the team, Jake, uh, in this next quarter here? We got a, a, a gauntlet of a schedule coming up. Um, we, we finished the first season, the first part, two and two. What would you expect to see as the next four games? Well, I think that you just need to survive. So what does that mean? You, just, you want to be three and four. I don't know if you're counting the bye week as part of the, the, second, uh, the, uh, the, the, the second quarter, but um, you want to be three and four coming out of New England. That doesn't sound like all that optimistic, um, but if you're three and four, look at, the, look at the schedule down the stretch. You've got 
uh, you've got uh, five games against teams that haven't even won this year. Cincinnati twice, uh, Denver, uh, Arizona, and Miami. So, I mean, you would think worst-case scenario, that alone puts you at seven wins. Um, and then you get, you know, a Pittsburgh team that I think is certainly beatable. Uh, you, you know, you've got some other winnable games there down the stretch as well. So as long Ravens as you're just – Yeah, Ravens at home. And so as long as you're not sitting here two and five, so you don't lose these next three games, which are all losable, by the way, I think that you're in pretty good shape for the back half of the schedule. And if you can – you know, you beat San Francisco and you, you maybe beat Seattle and you're four and three after the New England game, then, then you have a terrific chance to reach double-digit wins, I think, at that point. So last question. We know you got to get out of here. We know you got a busy day ahead of you. What do you think your prediction on this next four games, what do you think the Browns do record-wise? I think they, I think they might go two and one. You know, I probably will predict one and two to be safe, but uh, um, I think that they – I think, you know, San Francisco is probably maybe the swing game. So, you know, if you win that game, you come home and beat Seattle. But if you lose to San Francisco, you come back and beat Seattle, you're fine as well. Um, so I, I, I'll probably stay with three and four just because, um, you know, I don't give them a great shot to win in New England. And then, you know, between Seattle and San Francisco with one of those games being on the road, I think, you know, probably a split there uh, is fair. But, um, you know, three and four, four and three. And then I think at that point, I would look for this team – to, to, to win a lot of games down the second half of the season. Well, Jake, thank you so much for coming on. I know we talked right when you uh, got the gig. We're super pumped for you. Uh, thanks for making time for us today, brother. No problem, guys. Good to be on. All right. Have a good day. Okay, guys. Thank you, Jake. Thanks. Want to give shouts to our presenting sponsors, Aligned Health Center and The Place, Northern Ohio's first chiropractic biophysics clinic located in Westlake and Beachwood. Aligned Health Center helps patients with back pain, neck pain, migraine, ADHD, digestive issues, sleep disturbance, whiplash, scoliosis, and much more. The mission at Aligned Health Center is simple. Tell people in the Westlake and Beachwood areas achieve the best possible health and overall wellness. Also, shouts to The Place. The Place in Medina features one of the nation's largest showrooms of hot tubs, spas, fireplaces, outdoor cooking, and leisure products for your home. Use promo code ORANGE on any Weber, Boyle King, Big Green Egg, Fire Magic, Astan, AOG, Louisiana Pellet. Girls will save 10%. When you think of fireplaces, hot tubs, girls are patios, think The Place. Jeremy, any final thoughts, brother? No, man, the first four, you know, you were so right in that uh, interview. How big is one game? It's unbelievable. It swung our entire attitudes. Now, it wasn't just the game. It's how we won the game. I don't think a lot of people expected us to go in there, run the ball down the Ravens' throats, and blow them out. But it is pretty incredible how much things change week to week in the NFL. It went from, it literally went from gloom and doom to we're back, baby, in one week, which is one thing you got to love about the NFL, right? You never know week to week. Yep. Uh, well, Jake was great. Um, we hope to do this yes. to, to you a, a couple more times as the season goes after every quarter. Um, and I, I think it, I think it, it'll be good. It'll be good. J Jake did great. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on the, on this first quarter here? Yeah. You know, it's kind of right where I kind of expected it to be. I was hoping, you know, two and two, if they can get through these first four, two and two. And like Jake said, after seven, if you're three and four or four and three, you're set up for a run because we do, we go right in a row. You go, you know, Denver on the road, Denver's bad. You've got Buffalo, Miami, Pittsburgh all in a row games. You can win. Then you have the Bengals twice coming down the stretch and you get the Ravens at home. So if they can come through this tough seven game stretch, plus their bye at three and four, or four and three, you've got a real good look at it coming down the stretch. Yeah. All right, well, Jeremy, thanks for uh, your time today. And where are you watching the game on Monday? 
Monday night, baby. I'll be watching it at home with my boy like I always do when they're on the road. Nice. All right. Let's go, Browns. Ooh, 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 ooh. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Ooh, ooh.